Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's 855-453 on the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Stephanie. And Brett. Sorry, Brett, I didn't open up the microphone. Oh, no, to... no problem. I'm Brett. <laughs> I'm not used to three people on the air. You're used to that happening to you, Mark, when Ian mutes your microphone. Indeed, he does that to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, and uh, Stephanie's referring to the weekday edition, but we uh, we do seven days a week here of uh, Free Talk Live. I don't know on any other radio program that does that for you. It's because we care about you. We do. We Eight work five... extra hard. <laughs> <laughs> you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. You know, speaking of uh, live programming, Mark, I uh, have to mention uh, just before the show started, I was learning the mobile setup for the Free Talk Live studio so we can do a live show at Porkfest. Ah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I was intending to be here, but I had some kind of mechanical difficulties with the car. Well, glad you made it. But and, yeah, we will be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival doing a live show. And uh, we'll be there the day, the night before it starts, actually, because we're just, we're that prepared. We're very punctual. They're going to be there for free aid. I yeah, but also for free talk live because it's yeah. important to me to do do the show. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's take uh, let's take calls right out of the gate. We've got uh, Mike in Nebraska here calling in. Mike, you're on free talk live. What's on your mind? Hi. Good evening, you guys. Hey, I was wanting to talk to you about um, what what you know about the black block. Nothing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> enlighten us, please. Well, the Black Bloc is this group of uh, the guys at all these uh, Occupy protests and stuff that wear the black hoodies and the bandanas, and they're definitely saboteurs. I, I think they're police saboteurs. Okay. And I've done some research on the Internet. If You, you know, if you just look up Black Bloc uh, fail or Black Bloc saboteurs or whatever, you can see the things that they do, that, you know, they, they, they show them up throwing stuff through windows, and the cops let them go back into the crowd. And when other people get out of line, they, they black bag them, you know what I mean? And, and uh, do that snatch grab deal. But What does that uh, mean? They black bag them? What, what does that mean? Usually a black bag over the head. It's an expression. It might not. He might not be applying it literally, but usually the black bag over the head, like you're not going home tonight to your house yes. kind of a yeah. situation. <laughs> I see. So um, it seems very odd to me that Occupy would allow this black block to exist within it. That's what I'm saying. Why don't if, if if they're supposed to be peaceful protesters looking and asking for change peacefully? And I know you guys tout the idea of peaceful resistance all the time. Well, why don't some of the people that are there legitimately to ask for peaceful change or, or protest peacefully? Why don't they jump on some of these guys with the hoodies and beat the, the crap out of them? I don't understand that. Well, I it say. seems kind of uh, antithetical if they're advocating for peace to beat somebody up. But, I mean, you could probably Ex- get them to leave. Them yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I've been to a couple of these Occupy things, and uh, my experience with them is I haven't seen any uh, you know, black blockers running around. But then again, I don't see why they would be black It sounds blocking. like something that happens at the G20 summits. You yeah, know? it does. It has, yes. that, it has that European feel to it. In Toronto, it? This was a, there was a lot of talk about this when the G20 protests happened in Toronto, and they said that the crowd was filled with these agent provocateurs. So mm. and and it makes one wonder, you know, why it, it if none of the protesters go to went to G20, what would the police do? Just fight themselves? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Well, they I, have to have something to occupy their time, right? There's some really good evidence out there that uh, the, the law enforcement agencies do use agents provocateur. Um, I mean, Kent State, at this point, it's pretty much a historical foregone conclusion that those were agents provocateur that threw rocks at the, at the, uh, the National Guard. Then the National Guard used that as an opportunity 
I'm not even saying the National Guard knew that that was agents provocateur to open up on the crowd. But then again, you'd think that agents provocateur wouldn't be willing to throw rocks unless they knew that the guard wouldn't be firing where, from where they threw the rocks. <sighs> However, um, I mean, there's this uh, there's this picture on the Internet that's really pretty interesting where the cops are holding down this agent provocateur, I guess, guy who looks like it. because And he's got the same boot that yeah, they Yeah, with like, like a yellow symbol on the bottom or it's something. It's got like three yeah. cops. And then this guy, and all four of them are wearing the exact same boot. Mm. And it seems very, very odd uh, with all the other kind of, you know, circumstantial evidence. It's possible. It could be a coincidence, but yeah. Mike? When you know a little bit more. (laughs) Hey, and last week um, I talked to you guys, and we talked about the, the peaceful resistance versus armed resistance. And this is the thing I thought about as I was driving last week when I got off the phone. Would it, is it going to take maybe one of your loved ones, and I hate to use the term, but is it going to take one of your loved ones to get black bagged at a checkpoint before you say, well, I'm not going to go for this? Or are you going to say, well, they just took my wife. Maybe I should go down there with my sign and protest this. Oh, I, I'm with you, man. I understand I understand why people are, you know, have the feelings of that they want to use, you know, violent means in order to, to get the government. But if the government decides that they're going to take your wife, and frankly, they're much more likely to take you than your wife. Um, if they're going to, I mean, you know, that's just what Are you talking do. to the men in the audience? Because yes. there are women who listen too, you know. Indeed. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm talking to Mike. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, he is male. Okay. From what I can tell, Mike, Just wanted to do you have any up. gender dysphoria? <laughs> Not male. <laughs> All right. Just want to make sure that we're uh, we're clear here. Um, they're more likely to take males than they are females if you just look at historical evidence um, along the way. Certainly it's not like uh, no no woman has ever been disappeared. But, yeah, um, you know, the, the, the you even if you do something they're prepared for it um you know yeah it's not gonna it's not gonna matter that's what i was gonna say too i mean most of these things where you know the interface between the public and the government is the the police and unfortunately it's looking like it soon might become the military and they are prepared to deal with violence and it almost seems like a lot of the times whether it's the cops working on their own or whether it's systematic they're pushing people towards uh, a way of behavior that they're prepared to deal with you know so i i don't think that they have any objection to you getting violent because they know how to deal with right that. I well, was and de- that's a, there's a good counterpoint to that too which is that they're not prepared to deal with peace i mean tactics of peaceful sure. resistance. i was at uh, a, a tsa you know thing where they were you know shaking me down and i was saying i don't want that agent to touch me and they brought it, in TSA agents and local cops combined, it must have been seven of them and a dog um, over, and they circled oh around me, and one of the police, the Londonderry police, and I don't know which one of these uh, public servants this was, actually gets in my face and says, you got a problem? Like, he was trying to, as Brett was saying here, escalate the situation because he knows what to do with a violent person. He throws yeah. him down on the ground. He puts his knee on his head. He he handcuffs him in the back and he drags him off and he puts him in the squad car. What he doesn't know what to do is with somebody who's standing there saying, no, thank you. I'm just not interested in this. No, no, thank you. very, Thank you very much for all your help, but no. No, thank you, public servant. Like, he doesn't know what to do with that. And so I ended up getting on my, my truck, uh, or my truck, uh, out of, uh, I went, uh, got on my plane. Actually, I was going to say my driver's license was in my truck, but oh. that was kind of the reason for the problem. So, Mike, I understand why you might be upset, but I, I, I just don't think you have an, a viable, workable solution. I don't think I do either. And I, my biggest fear is that Americans will go like sheep. You know, that they'll just go like sheep. And I, I, 
I'm scared of that. But then on the other hand, I like to think that, you know, enough people will get angry. And I think that sometimes the government kind of wants a civil war because the fact of the matter is there's 864,000 local, federal, and state law enforcement, and there's 300 million gun owners. I mean, they're vastly outnumbered. If, if people got together... I mean, a, a million people with guns could really make a difference. I know you're saying. Well, it but they have, they have they have huge bombs. They have drones. They have all kinds of stuff. I, I don't that think there are 300 million gun owners. There are three more than 300 million guns in the United States. But I think that uh, you tend to have multiple. Uh, you know, an individual tends to own multiple guns. I think they want a civil war so they can bring in uh, international troops. I don't they know. They do I mean, love it, to keep people divided, though. That's what I mean. If you look at any of the political system. It's always this group versus that group, Republicans versus Democrats. If they really wanted to take over, then why wouldn't they take over these other uh, regimes around the world, which would be so much easier to take than the United States first? And the United States people would stand by and and applaud it. Ah, yes, taking care of the the infidels, they clap as it happened. Um, You know, they'd be fine with that. Why why don't they start there? Yeah, I I mean, I I know that the things you're saying are right. You guys always seem to make sense, but... Uh, and uh, just another point, just real quick. Uh, you know that there's only a handful of countries that aren't a part of the IMF. The International Monetary Fund? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Mike, thanks for the call. You can give us a call on, on anything. 855-450-3733. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? Meet fellow entrepreneurs, investors, engineers, maritime professionals, and other forward-thinking individuals and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Special rates for students and the press. Get a discount with promo code FTL. Get registered at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the Sacred Toll-Free Call-In Line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And I'm Brett. And Stephanie. And... The Porcupine Freedom Festival. Stephanie, you were mentioning it just a few minutes ago. Yes, I am getting so excited for it. It's like less than eight weeks away, right? Is that what it, I, I, it's creeping up on like us? 40, 40 <laughs> days away, I think, is about where we're at. Something, wow. something like that. Very soon. And you can go find out more at porcfest.com. It is a and happyporcupine.info. They actually have a counter there. That's happyporcupine.info. Mm-hmm. Great, it's a great place to go. Check it out. Um, it is a festival out in the woods, of New Hampshire, at a uh, at a camping campground, and lots of things going on: family stuff, uh, partying stuff, anything you want to do. It's porcfest.com and happyporcupine.info. So, Stephanie, you've got a story about some, well, I guess it's been a few things on the radio said in the last month or so that's been disturbing regarding. Yeah, in the last week or so, actually, regarding, well, basically sexual orientation and uh, gender issues and stuff like that. And those are people who listen to the show know that 
those are of particular interest to me. But when I heard these two stories this week, I, I couldn't help but feel really sad. And here's the first one. It's from the Huffington Post. Uh, Dominic Dieter. Well, what's cle- concern, what's mm-hmm. a concern to me is people solving problems with violence. Oh, yes. And these, this is what way. both of these it's, are about. It's a bad way to solve problems. Yeah, yeah. So Dominic Dieter, a Cleveland DJ, suggest, suggested to a father that he should have a friend screw his gay daughter straight on the air. Uh, and Ohio, he did say that. And he, Ohio, he apologized for that, in, and his co-host chastened him immediately, and he apologized for it on the air that day, and then has been suspended for an indeterminate period of time. Well, you know, you and I both know live radio. Sometimes you say things that Sometimes you wish you hadn't come out of your stuff. mouth, right? Yeah, some silly, silly things. <laughs> and what things. can you do? You can't go back in time. You can't rewind the live radio. But, you know, uh, this was really tactless, yeah. you know? Well, I think that to some extent, um, you know, people, I'm going to, I'm going to go with men. I know what it's like, uh, you know, being a male. I don't know what it's like to be a female. I don't think it's too much different, but that's just a guess on my part. Um, you know, that they think that how in the world, how, how could things possibly be different than how I see them? And, you know, just if, if the circumstances were right, this girl would fall in line and do things the way that, you know, all the other women that I've dealt with have done them up to this point and things would be fine. So I can see why they would say, well, you know, a little a little shove in the right direction might be a good thing, but it's not going to work, folks. But he's talking about rape. He's not talking about a shove in the right direction. And why is that the right direction to be straight? I he's I think that most people see straight as the right direction. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just making a, a statement. I'm not making a value judgment. Just From the a point of view of a conservative uh, pastor, I guess. I guess, yeah. It, but this one, apparently, he, I said he was a pastor during the break, but he's not, apparently. I think he's just a DJ. I conflated it with this other pastor who said to hit your kids if they don't conform to gender stereotypes. So, yeah, this has been in the news a lot this past week. But, yeah, should I read the article? Do you want to hear more about it? Okay. An Ohio-based radio DJ who ignited controversy last week after telling a concerned father he should, quote, get one of your friends to screw your daughter straight has apologized for his comments. The Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation notes that Dominic Dieter, the host of the popular Rover's Morning Glory on Cleveland W. Hey, it's MMS. popular, right? The bl- <laughs> issued an on-air apology for his statements this morning. Uh, in addition, Clear Channel, parent company of the radio station, confirmed glad too glad that unspecified, quote, disciplinary action has been taken against Dieter. He was suspended for a period of time. And mm-hmm. this is where I, I kind of feel like it went too far. I feel like, look, it's live radio. The guy said whatever the guy said. The co-hosts on the show said whoa what are you talking about man that's crazy and then he apologized you're right you're right i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that and then but it shows gonna... what he really thinks though i know I I mean... well maybe so okay so are we now going to suspend people for what they think well okay if i it's... mean this is where the gay agenda thing comes from right like so when you <laughs> overreact then you're going to get the lash i don't think back. it's an overreaction he suggested to a concerned father uh, this is what, here, you want to hear the quote from what he said? Yep. The comment came in response to an email from a concerned parent who caught his teenage daughter kissing another girl on April 27th. By the way, 60% of women, most of whom identify as straight, 
are attracted to other women, and a lot of them have kissed other women before. So clearly, this is not cause for concern. And if he had a little bit of education, he would know that. But you, well, but he he's said, a morning talk show host. He's not your college professor, Stephanie. Well, I'm <laughs> not talking about college. I'm not talking about college education. I'm talking about like you know real world but it's stuff. Not his it job is to not be uncommon it's for not women to kiss each other, especially when they're un- in high school. Educated on gender issues, even though it's important to you. Well, I mean, I don't have to listen to his show, but I still think that what he said was pretty... I, I'm concerned so about it. So some words came out of his mouth. He didn't act on them. He didn't do anything. And I, I feel like they went overboard in suspending the guy because he apologized like within a few minutes of having said it. And his co-hosts, remember, a show is a show and a person is a person. So, uh, you know, during the show, it, it's like if you make a statement that's a poor choice, you should be suspended for it. I've advocated people get their butts kicked for saying, uh, you know, calling people the N-word on this show. Should I be suspended for days on end? Yeah. I mean, it's an act of violence, well, you, isn't it? Who's going to suspend you, Mark? I mean... I'm in charge, but the, the stations could take me off the air. Stations could individually take me off the air. That's a dodge of the question. Ian, we could... Uh, Ian and I could choose to suspend me. Ed Schultz, Big Eddie, has uh, suspended himself in the past. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just asking here. It's, uh, you know, I honestly, I it's a maybe I agree with you a little bit because I don't know what suspending him is going to do. I mean, it's sort of this whole punishment paradigm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make him more tolerant of lesbians or bisexual women if he's suspended from the air. Nope. You know, so what is the solution? I, I guess it's just to talk about it. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring this article Agreed. up. Right. And, and, and but you see, this is my but this is my problem with the, the, with the gay, glad uh, gay lesbian alliance ad, against defamation Alliance yeah. against defamation is it's kind of in this case. And I don't I don't know anything about this group. I mean, I've heard them talked about before, but it's to some extent. This is the uh, this is what people would call the the, the PC police, you know, that they're demanding blood um, for the circumstance. I mean, the guy apologizes on air. He gets chastened by his co-workers. I mean, really, what do we want here? Does he need to be put in the pillory and whipped five times? <laughs> I don't I wouldn't advocate whipping him either, but I think it's okay to have a group that's advocating for LGBT rights, visibility. I'm for the rights. I'm not for advocating punishment for the DJ when it appears as though he was, he he thought better of his statement within moments. Well, what they did, this Gay gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, was basically issue a statement condemning what he said. No, no. The station met with the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Defamation or whatever they are and they had a little meeting and then, you know, at that point they came up with a punishment that was that was good enough for the uh, PC police here in order to make them happy so that they would call off their dogs. Mark, okay, you're talking you're saying that they're the PC police. That's what I'm saying. You know, when somebody says something about men that you don't like, you know, you I don't say advocate. something about it, right? I, I, I absolutely say something about it. Give them the opportunity to come on the air. Talk to the guy about it. Let's have a conversation. You see, what they're advocating is shutting people up. This guy's got to be shut up. Right, but it's important not to conflate the idea of LGBT respect and rights with using uh, punishment tactics and the government to get what you want. I'm just talking about this group. Like, this is the group, and what they've done, I disagree with. The DJ's not right because the... the I would not agree with that, but they give him a better stand. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. 
What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Live, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever is on your mind, 855-450-3733. It's the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Brett and Stephanie. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? If you are, uh, you know you want the name brands and you want them at the best prices you can find them. Go to manventureoutpost.com. They've got knives, ammunition. Everybody's looking for ammunition these days. Scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got the name brands, as I said, and they've got them at the best prices you're likely to be able to find in one place on the Internet. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You know how important that is when you're buying uh, online. And you can get additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Well, I, it's quite a topic here. Let's go ahead and uh, take... Uh, we hit the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, these things are always get us going, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> Timothy from Missouri, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, um, yeah, I just wanted to make a comment about this DJ story. Um, I, I agree that you know he has the right, as far as freedom of speech, to, to say something like that. But I, I wouldn't call the suspension of that DJ is the result of, like, a gay and lesbian agenda um, because the radio station's a private organization, and basically what the DJ was advocating uh, to the father as a solution to change his daughter's behavior um, was rape. And I'll t- uh, rape. He was. And I'll it take was. My comments yeah, off. sure was. What, what was that, Timothy? I was just going to say I'll take my comments off the air. You can stick around if you want. Yeah, we like to talk oh, to our cool. callers. We have a conversation. But, I, you know, I appreciate absolutely what you're saying. And and I think that there's some mitigating circumstances here. One of the reasons is, is um, you know, so there's this organization called GLAAD, and they met with the station. The station suspended the guy after the, after the show. Um, they met with the, the station, and then the station came up with what their decision was as far as the punishment goes after they met with the organization. So would you say that this organization must have had – I mean, it seems likely that this organization had some kind of agenda if they went into this meeting and then the well, station wait, comes wait a minute, Mark. I have a question for you. I mean – it's happened in the past in a real life situation with Free Talk Live where somebody didn't like something that you or and or Ian said on the sure. air. And so they directly called your advertisers. Yep. They told their it's friends to do with every radio show, the same sure. thing. They've called radio stations. I mean, do they have an, an agenda against whatever you a pro-military Absolutely. agenda? OK, so, I mean... <laughs> Would I mean like does it is it just because it's a gay and lesbian group? I mean I'm trying no, to understand uh, like the, the solution to problems is love, not punishment. Uh, yes, I agree with that. And I completely this is, agree. And, and so I feel that the punishment in this circumstance is too harsh. The guy didn't advocate because advocates to me says a, a long a sort of a longer thing. It's not like he came out with some diatribe and he stuck his to his guns or anything like that. His co-hosts on the air. 
Timothy. He they chastened him. They said that, whoa, what are you? That's that's not appropriate behavior. What are you talking about? And the guy's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. At some point, I mean, we don't know exactly how long it took him to say. I'm sorry, but he said it on the show that day. Mm-hmm. And so what about Rush Limbaugh with the whole birth, birth control thing where he called the woman a slut? I don't even understand how he came to the conclusion. Uh, like, <sighs> essentially, he came up with some math numbers that she wanted. The, yeah, funny math that, that she, she was buying. she couldn't afford her birth control because if she, if she couldn't get her birth control subsidized, she wouldn't be able to afford it. And then he transitioned to, well, she must be having a lot of sex. Yeah, and then that well, went. No, but to- he he did some math on the number of condoms too that would be bought with this birth control, and you know I mean I don't think uh, I don't think I have to tell any of the adults listening here that uh, sex with condoms is probably not as a uh, as much fun as sex without. So, you know I mean <laughs> well, and there are other forms of birth control besides condoms sure, that can be a lot more expensive, and they're a lot more expensive, and and so, they can be used yeah. for other things. Uh, what what is it? Endometriosis? What is the what is the stuff that? Oh, lots of different um, lots of different problems. But women who have painful periods or heavy ones or whatever will often use uh, so-called birth control for that sure and so you know i mean i think that it was just it's just poorly placed but i i I, so he got suspended right let's so do you think that was appropriate listenership is up for rush limbaugh and um, they, yeah, so one, and now, according Any to Rush Limbaugh, publicity is good. <laughs> but according to Rush Limbaugh, advertising is now up oh again. My. So my question isn't my my statement has never been. Oh, the gays should shut their freaking mouth. My statement is: Look, if you over punish somebody. If you make too big of a deal about it, you're going to get the backlash. What we need to have here is everybody the. If the people, um, if the if, if folks act like big boys and big girls about the situation, instead of trying to punish and be mean, then you're going to get the best results. If you look like the adult, people are going to side with you. But that's what what you just said about Rush Limbaugh, that he makes these outrageous statements and his viewership and his ad, or listenership and advertising goes up. That that exposes to me anyway what talk radio is all about. It's a hate and aggression club, whether you're talking about the right or the left, if you listen to Ed Schultz or any of those other people on the left, there's a progressive station in Boston. I'm horrified by the things well, that I hear on there. But people are not like, we might have a fine little educational talk radio program right but here. But talk's a medium. Uh, it's it's yeah. only a medium. I would I would agree with you that uh, partisan talk radio, if you talk about okay. the Republicans or the Democrats. Okay. But I mean, there's people, you know, people are getting on the air and talking about, uh, well, you know, it looks like, um, you know, they're talking about Brand- Brangela and all kinds of things. Everybody's, there's all kinds of different talk radio out there. Sure, absolutely. But the most of it is this partisan stuff, and I would agree with you on that. Timothy, any other thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess I, when I first listened, I didn't really understand about that organization approaching the radio station, and I, I certainly understand your perspective, you know, as a, as a radio host or radio DJ. Um, but even if they had not approached the radio station, I would definitely, I mean, I, I could certainly understand if, if I were running that radio station, he'd be gone. You know, because it's it's just such an outlandish, like, it's outrageous. You know, there's another point to bring up, and that is that there are plenty of talk radio hosts. I mean, what, what's the guy, Michael Savage? He, yeah. I, I, I mistakenly me. tuned into his show once. And the first thing <laughs> well, I heard, I've to him a lot. the first thing I heard was him saying, 
yeah, nature, two male ducks don't get it on with each other, so why should we tolerate the gays? You know, like, not that he has a southern accent. I sh- I'm sorry about he's that. but Bronx, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was saying a, a home of what I consider to be a anti-gay statement, and I just tuned in for one second and then shut it right off, and that happened to be exactly what he was saying. There are people who get on the radio every single day and advocate for more wars with oh, yeah. Iran, wherever it may be. So there are people who not only advocate blatant homophobia but also killing on the radio every sure. single day and what you know what's happening to them advocate, i guess nothing so as long as they advocate for the killing of people who don't work for the united states government it's absolutely okay once you advocate for the killing of people in the united states government then you have definitely crossed the line like it's beyond the pale but you can advocate for the killing of people in foreign countries wholesale you can say let's bomb the middle east to glass and people cheer and yeah people which cheer. is really unfortunate to me and so i mean to some extent that's what kind of what i'm saying here with the um uh, with this situation on okay the yeah i take your point mark I, all i all i want to say is let's take everything in perspective yes we are moving from a paradigm where a couple of decades ago uh you know homosexuality was considered a mental illness and we're moving into a paradigm where it's considered much more normal. It's absolutely normal on TV at this point. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can find lots of gay characters and it's considered entertaining mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And if if people consider that, uh, you know, if we take a, a measured approach, everything will be fine. If you react too strongly, there'll be a backlash. That's all I've been trying to say. Let's go to Jeremy in Rhode Island. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey. So what exactly did this guy say? It, uh, he said... Uh, we're going to talk about the DJ because there's a preacher man here that uh, says some stuff that is crazy. Horrible. Yeah, uh, this is... The preacher's worse. By the way, I'm going to stop saying DJ. Stephanie said DJ first. The guy's a talk show host. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the well, talk the show article host, says... Yeah, the article says DJ. He, uh, according to an email, the, the somebody wrote in and said, hey, my daughter, my daughter's acting a little the, uh, the, gay. The quote, okay, so it was a parent caught his teenage daughter kissing another girl. He said, you should get one of your friends to screw your daughter straight. Jeremy, hold the line. We'll uh, find out what Jeremy's got to say on this in a moment. And you can call in too, 855-450-3733. It's Free Talk Live's Live Sunday Edition. yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's DontTreadOnMeme.com. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You know, I repeat the numbers just for those folks that don't have the little letters on their phone. Because it would be hard, you know, free. Let's see, you'd have to do the math. It's 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition. It's Mark. And Brett. And Stephanie. You can call in, talk about what you want to talk about. We were just talking to Jeremy before we went to the uh, the break there. Jeremy, um, please finish your thought. 
Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Can you hear me? Let's, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I got you. Ah, okay. So, okay. So, had it been the, the, the situation reversed, though, where it was a, say, a son instead, and he was like, you know, get a really hot girl to go, you know, have sex with him, it wouldn't have, I think, I think there's an implication of uh, some sort of not, uh, of being unconsensual. And he, it's non-consensual it's either way, here. right? He didn't. He didn't like. He didn't. He didn't advocate non-aggression. Aggression upon her. Uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's on the line. I, I will give you that. I think it's on the line. It sounds that way because we're talking about two different genders here. One gender has a uh, larger uh, shoulder girdle than the other gender, and um, you know, I mean, traditionally has a, a, a you know. A, 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 it's all about the shoulder girl. What's right. that? He said it's, it's all, all about, about the shoulder. It girdle. is all about the shoulder shoulder girdle, and you know, past. Uh, well, it's about incidences. it's about size and average size and strength and sure. stuff like that, and the fact that one gender has an orifice that can be penetrated, and well, they both do actually. I mean, wow. men can be raped okay. just as much as women can be. However, they can, but generally, when men are raped, they are not raped by women. Women. Right. And so we are talking about opposite opposing sexes here. I think that the guy, you know, he's he. I think he clumsily danced along the edge of advocating for rape. Um, you know, I mean, if you're right, if it had been reversed, and I think one should always reverse roles just to see well, what's if there's this a double like? standard. Absolutely. What's this look like from the other side? I think yeah. it's, I, th- I think it's a great thing to do, Jeremy. And from the other side, it would be, well, get one of your female friends to, to go and screw his brains out. Doesn't sound the That'll same. That'll kill him. Yeah, but that'll show me. <laughs> but if it's a gay boy who has no interest in women, then how would that even be possible? It I would mean, be clumsy and it wouldn't work. Yeah, right? it wouldn't work. And it would be non-consensual because he's not interested at all in, in women. That, so well, that's still rape. Having a friend come on to him at that point would be, it wouldn't be rape because it wouldn't work. Well, but he didn't say come on to him. He said screw him. Right. right? But in the but do you understand how, what Jeremy's saying here, and it makes really good sense to me, is when you flip the, when you flip the gender roles, it just sounds like have your female friend come on to your son and, uh, you know, real hard and see how that goes. Seduce him very, very hard. Because that's what it sounds. Like he used the word screw. I mean, I now we're just kind of, yeah. So he, he may be in this situation one day. It's what just was a different picture from the other side. It sounds far more innocuous, but what you're saying, Stephanie, is right. That it is, it would be just as aggressive if a woman forced herself on a gay man. Mm-hmm. But it's still, I mean, I admit, to me, it sounds now like a totally different situation. Yeah, when you swip the, when you flip the genders, it sounds entirely different. But it, it, and it's interesting. J- Jeremy, thanks for uh, putting that in. You got oh, anything oh, else? Wait, wait, one thing, one thing. I just wanted to talk about that tank and keen. The, uh, the, the, the bearcat bear mm-hmm. bear armored vehicle? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just great because that's, that's really going to help keep those crazies and keen in line. How's that? You being facetious? No, 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 not at all. I, I think that no, I, think, I, I don't think, think it will do that. I mean, there's a lot of protests. No, because and, it, you know, we as libertarians, we talk about the gun in the room. Now it's like the bear cat in the room. Yes, <laughs> the bear cat's so in the town. Whenever they go and it's like, let's set up a lemonade stand. They might feel like, well, let's not, because that bear cat might come through. Yeah, but they're not. And prevent us from because <laughs> they're they're all unruly up in Keene, and that bear cat, that bear cat's going to stop that. No, no, no the, well, the bear cat was free. Nice, peaceful afternoon. I think he's trying uh, I, I, trolling. I think the reason <laughs> I, I, I think he's he's kidding. Um, and oh. I think 
the the Bearcat was offered for free to Keene, as it has been offered to towns across the United States. Well, of course, it's, of, it's not free, though, because somebody right. pays for it. And but that's to, the, free to Keene. The city of Keene. Last does, question. Go ahead, Jeremy. Okay. Uh, it's about Fort Fest. So I know they have Agora Alley. And you can go and you can set up an Agora Alley and vend business and all that. It's Agora Valley, but, you know, minor point. It used Is to be Alley last year. Yes, it's Valley it's because expanded. it's expanded from an alley to a valley. Uh-oh. Okay. So does that mean that people cannot vend from their campsite? And if they do... There's nothing stopping cool. anybody from vending vend away. from their campsite. Yeah. Please come up from Rhode Island and vend. See you there. Well, I'm coming up anyway. I just want to throw this out there. Site 83, cheap shot. What does that mean? Thank you. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. One can only guess. All right. Let's go to Craig in... No, let's go to Frank. Sorry. Uh, Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Good evening. How are you, Frank? Good. How are you guys? All's well. Yeah. Well, you know, it's sad when homophobia is on the airwaves. You know, everyone has a right to their dignity and they have a right to their sexuality and... We have to be liberal in this era when, uh, you know, so many of our civil liberties are being taken by the government illegally. But what I wanted to say, a a very interesting Illuminati friend of mine uh, last week had uh, told me over cocktails that uh, Jeb Bush is going to be the Republican nominee at the convention. Is that like a little bird told me, a little Illuminati? If if he's not, does that mean that the Illuminati isn't real? I mean, I don't know. What's interesting, apparently he mentioned that Henry Kissinger was over in China, I guess about a month ago, and spoke to the vice premier, the same person that Hillary Clinton turned off last week on her state visit. And apparently he explained, Kissinger explained to uh, the uh, deputy or the vice premier that... uh, uh, at the Republican National Convention, after the first ballot, all of the no one is going to win the first ballot. Uh, there won't be enough delegates to put anyone in the nomination. Okay. So what will happen after that? The convention will uh, draft uh, a favorite son, and it looks like it'll be Jeb Bush. And uh, it's interesting because Jeb Bush had been over to China as well to meet with the uh, uh, deputy vice premier. So it's kind of intriguing. All of the effort with regard to Ron Paul and uh, Mitt Romney and all of the other candidates, Santorum. Apparently, it's all just sort of theater. And we'll see what happens. I found that to be most interesting. We all right, see now what you're happens. on the record, so we'll I, see. Yeah. You know, it's a prediction. I, I've got to say that I don't think that uh, I don't think anybody could get elected with the last name Bush these days. I, I, <laughs> I, I, well, you know, it's interesting. Apparently, uh, you know, it was Kissinger that made these comments. Now, this is allegedly what I heard. And then I read, I went on the internet and looked for things, and there's something like uh, several hundred thousand uh, hits regarding the same story. So it, there may be something to it. I have a feeling there is, because I've heard it said that if Ron Paul would be elected, he'll not get anyone to be in his government. You know, people won't, you know, the establishment won't, they you won't know, accept the position. Become cabinet members Good. and different things. So it would be almost sort of like an impossibility. Good. But then again, too. Nothing would surprise me the way things have been going in this country. Indeed. So that's about it. I thought you'd get a kick out of that, as Thanks. did I. Yeah. On one hand, I thought it was interesting, but I wasn't shocked or surprised. Thanks, Frank. And Whoops. Oops. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, I'm going to disagree with you, Mark, that a Bush couldn't get elected. I think that after four years of Obama, the Republicans would, would love somebody. A Bush is a brand name. 
you yeah, know? But the and, Republicans don't... Uh, okay, there's 33% of the people would vote for Stalin if he was a Republican, and, and 33% would, would vote for Hitler if sure, he was a Democrat. Yeah, that's a good point. It's the 33% in the middle that actually make uh, make up the difference. And frankly, it's even a smaller amount of those, because there's most of those 33% in the middle always vote one side or the other either way. So there's really like 10% of, of the people that make up the difference in this as far as a presidential election goes. And so I just... I don't think those 10% are going to vote for another Bush. It's just too scary. Yeah, I, uh, well, we'll see. I guess it's going to be, that's <laughs> Now we have Frank's prediction yeah. on the record. And, you know, speaking of the Illuminati, this is interesting. Someone called into my show, Pork Therapy, uh, on Friday night with a history of all these different conspiracy theories. And actually, what he said was that the Illuminati was actually this society of, like, German free thinkers. So, ironically, they didn't start out the way that people think of them now. They were they were originally set up, and uh, I believe they were called the Perfectibilists. And one of the reasons why they initially uh, got such a bad name is because they wanted to overthrow all uh, like religious institutions and governments in mm-hmm. Europe mm-hmm. in the uh, 18th century. So that was not very popular with the people who wrote history. I bet. Yeah. What what it's it's kind of this catch-all term today for anybody who's operating in the shadows, and there certainly are people who operate in the shadows. Yes, but if there uh, are, you don't how know who they networked are. they mm-hmm. are, how how consistent and long-running their plan is, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I don't know that at all. The, the, generally, their plan is more power for themselves. Absolutely, sure. And, and that's usually. I mean, that's pretty clear. More money and more power for themselves is something you can pretty much attribute to most humans. And uh, you know, it's not going to work for all of them, but most of them. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Getting in here to the second hour of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Brett. And Stephanie. You can give us a call, talk about what you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition, 855-450-3733. we got people waiting on the line, and gosh darn it, they shouldn't have to wait any longer. Let's go to Craig in Kentucky. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to talk to you guys the other day about um, we were disconnected, and um, I can never remember. Actually, so just jump into whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> okay, but what I wanted to talk about was um, the being disconnected. I had I had a point to make about banks. Okay, and my the point the point that I was that I was going to try to make about banks was not a negative point about all banks, but the point was. About in the past, if we had an insurance check for a moderate amount of money, who's we? We could get that. Pardon me, sir. Who's we? Uh, the American people. Okay, gotcha. 
generally. Okay, gotcha. the American people. All right, I if just didn't know. If we had an insurance check for a moderate amount of money, we could go into any bank and we could get that cash. They would honor that check. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. Now, but, they, right. they, won't, now they won't honor the check. I mean, it wouldn't matter where you did your banking if, uh, if you banked wherever. Now, we have, a, we have an election coming up here in Kentucky, the May primary election, where we have a person who has been, who has a, who's had, had a major problem with a lottery ticket fraud running for state representative okay. who is backed by a county judge executive who has been convicted of election fraud. Sounds like now, things are pretty messed up. When things things are damn messed up. And when you consider when you consider everything that's going on, when you can't go to get a check cashed from a a check issued by a large insurance company, and when we have people that are running for office that have been convicted or have made deals because of being investigated for lottery ticket fraud and and being investigated or convicted for political some type of political misconduct, then we have a serious problem in this country. How and, are things, and that how are those was my things whole connected? point that I was trying to make okay. on the phone that day. How are those things connected, those two things, that there's some uh, bad people running for office and that banks aren't cashing insurance checks? Those are related because I'll tell you I'll tell you why they're related. They're related because where did the money where did the money go? Which money are you referring to? The money the money that we used to have in the banks. There's the money all the money that we had in the banks in the United States has been siphoned somewhere. <laughs> I, don't, else. I don't know what to say. I'm honestly not do really you, following. Sir, do you think that well. there's going to be a, a day? or an age, if we look far enough into the future, that the kinds of people who want to run for political office to basically uh, control other people's behavior, do you think there's going to be a day, or do you think there was a day in the past where uh, I would I would go as far to say as majority of them were not corrupt? Absolutely. A majority of them were not corrupt. When? A majority of those people... They could they could be called maybe they did deals that would help help their self or help their business but they were not corrupt they were not individuals that were that out to, to use a political office as a career but they That's were using we it to now. help we themselves. We have people now who use political offices as a career. But oh they, yeah, there's lots of people in the past that um, used political offices. I I would like uh a, you know for somebody and it could be anybody to call in a, who believes in this idea of a golden age. Uh, of you know political discourse or political action or political participation in this country, I would love to hear when that was because I don't. I, I mean, I think that government and the political system is inherently corrupt. It attracts corrupt people. Mm. I don't. I don't think it could ever be anything else. Well, it could. There's a possibility that you're correct, but I, I, I tend to. I tend to believe that there are, that there are good people. And that there yes, are good people. They generally, so, just don't get I, I agree politics. that Ron Paul's a good person. Agreed. Ron Paul can't be. Ron Paul couldn't be elected because Ron Paul has too many ideas. 
Well, he's the most most elected person that's running for president right now. And don't you think (laughs) that Ron Paul is so interesting and so appealing, especially to young people, because he's he's not uh, an example of a politician. He's he's an exception to a rule. That's exactly why I can't get elected. Exactly. But that also speaks to what, by and large, politics is and the kinds of people that it attracts. Like, I believe that most people out there are good and motivated by their conscience, but uh, I don't think that those are the kinds of people who seek power. Good people don't seek power over other people. Greg, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Matt. And I don't know where Matt's calling from. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, man. I don't know what's on my mind after listening to y'all and after listening to the, all the, the commercials on GCN. Okay. Goodness gracious, it's well, just uh, all over the map. By the way, uh, the people the people who are listening on to you on the radio and uh, Free Talk Live's on more than 100 radio stations across the country don't, don't get to hear all the same commercials that you hear. So whatever experience you had, they don't share it. I know, and it's tough. And I was trying to stay focused. And and I don't want to be confrontational. I just know that you were talking about homosexuality, uh, sexual preference. Okay. You know, glad, and and that's a gay lesbian. What what does glad mean again? Glad was the gay and lesbian alliance against defamation. Against defamation, you know, defamation. That's thoroughly a legal word. Yep, uh, sounds like a legal word. Um. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing is, is there's this whole movement, and it's been a real, real scrum. When, when you look at that issue, you know, it's a states' rights issue, and it's kind of like abortion. But it's, you know, you've got a group of people or an interest, whatever it is, uh, that takes a particular topic and wants to centralize it. Like, you know, before Roe v. Wade, uh, there were three states that allowed abortion. Well, you know, it seems to me it seems to me like right now there are some states who centralize their discriminatory policies and then everyone who lives in those states are subject to them. Well, that that's back to the state's rights. And I'm glad you said that. Is that is your are you Stephanie? Yes, I'm Stephanie. I've been listening. (laughs) I've been listening. Been listening. Um, Stephanie, that's kind of, you know, the hand turns both ways because I know y'all support Ron Paul for president and I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, you don't, well, I, I don't support anyone for president. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's okay. That's an anarcho position. That's fine. Um, it's but a new word. Ron Paul's been my political hero for over 10 years. And I even ran for Congress once. I mean, I, I've, I've seen these people up close and personal, and it's all a paper tiger. Um, and I do come from a, a biblical perspective. Well, my question, and, let me let me ask you a question on this one, Matt. So is a state recognizing equal rights for people of, you know, you know, that have homosexual marriage or something like, you think that's a state's rights issue? And upon what in the Constitution would you base that position, if, if that's the case? I would base it on the the Tenth Amendment, but and that is that doesn't the uh, Constitution recognize people's rights to contract, and that the states must recognize um, you know must recognize the contracts uh, in other states. Well, it depends on the, that. You're talking about the Interstate Commerce Clause. No, you're I don't believe I am. Talking about no. Article Four 
of uh, I think it's good faith and value. I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, I, I believe anyway, that's, I don't believe um, that's uh, interstate commerce. I believe that uh, in the Constitution, I'm going to have to look it up here, and maybe I'll come back in the uh, after the uh, um, when when we have a commercial here and uh, tell you about it. But just hold the line if you would. Six zero three. Excuse me. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's the old number. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes fee the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. This is a live Sunday edition with Mark. And Brett. And Stephanie. Well, let me tell you about Freedom Cam. When it comes to your potential police abuse or, you know, perhaps an automobile accident, the most important place to protect yourself, you know, the most important way to protect yourself is to have a camera in the car. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection, the GPS black box dash cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It's a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. I've got one of these in my car. It's great. Freedomcam.net. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to set it. It just does its little job. Freedomcam.net. So we were talking to Matt about uh, protections that uh, people who maybe uh, get, you know want to marry somebody of the same gender uh, might uh, expect to have under the Constitution. Matt, are you there? I'm here. So there's something called the Equal Protection Clause and then something uh, called the Contract Clause um, that in the Constitution. And basically what it, it says is that, you know, all men are created equal for one um, situation. And the other is that states are supposed to honor the contracts of other um, entered into in other states. So if I get married and I'm married to a, a woman, if I get married in New Hampshire and then I move down to, say, Florida, I would expect Florida and, frankly, any other country on the planet to respect my marriage, right? Yes, and I, I love the way you're going. Just keep on going, brother. So keep in New Hampshire, the legislature voted that people of the same sex should be able to marry in the state of New Hampshire. So if somebody gets married in the state of New Hampshire and then moves down to, say, Florida, where I don't think it's uh, legal to get married uh, for same-sex couples to get married, then shouldn't their marriage be respected? Oh, yes. They, they, they want it to be respected because they have a contract. And, of right. course, um, the judicial branch that Jefferson said that 
he thought it would be the despotic branch will continue to enrich. Go ahead. I think, can I, if I can jump in here, you know, I feel like we're getting a little bit too technical, and I'm, I'm wondering what the underlying hostility is towards this um, this this lifestyle, or, or the, wanting to, for two men or two women, wanting to get married. Like, because I feel like that underlying hostility is, uh, it's maybe not even that underlying. So can we talk about what that's all about? Yeah, well, actually, the problem is feelings. I don't care. Okay. You know, just don't uh, harm people's uh, property. Don't harm persons' lives. Uh, don't commit fraud. And do what you want. Um, I think it's immoral, but I, I'm not, I don't have any hostility. I was trying to make a particular point about... Uh, marriage, because, you know, I just went through a heterosexual divorce, okay? Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is when you get a contract with government, uh-huh. have a conjugal relationship, and of course, historically, conjugal has meant heterosexual. Okay. Why uh-huh. in the hell would homosexuals want to get a marriage license and want to draw this whole labyrinth of mystery. <laughs> I've got to wonder the same it's thing. That's, I really do yeah. have to wonder the same thing. Thank you for the call. I don't think the state, obviously, I don't support any kind of marriage that involves the state, and I guess that would have been a good question for him, but yeah. it sounds like he revealed his position on that yeah. in, in the very end. And yeah. it does make one wonder, but if you want, if, if the state's going to hand out marriage licenses, then as far as I'm concerned, anybody who wants to go ahead and get married, I don't care if there's 12 of them. I really don't. And I feel bad for him, too, because he must be very conflicted. Divorce is immoral, right? By the same... By the same book that the, says yeah. homosexuality is immoral. Yeah, it's the yeah. breaking of a very important sacrament. Yes, so, a covenant, right? Yeah. yeah, if you can't live with somebody, then you shouldn't live with somebody. That's what I you say. You shouldn't just stay married forever? Yeah, it's just not going to work out. Okay. Let's go to Calvin <laughs> in Colorado Springs. Calvin, you're on Free Talk Live. What's in your mind? Yeah, good evening, Mark. Uh, and let's see, new person, Brad. And Stephanie. Brett. Brett. Uh, <laughs> oh, I kind of like new person Brad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Call me new person Brad. Yeah. Brett well, with okay. T's. There is a co-host named Brad, but he's on on Monday nights, I think. So, But this is Brett. Oh, Brett. I'm, well, then I even failed at that. That's okay. Uh, I was trying to buy more, more more time to think of the name, and then I was wrong. Uh, anyway, I uh, one was uh, live streaming the, uh, the Nevada uh, State Convention that happened this weekend. And uh, Ron Paul uh, got 22 out of the 25 delegates. So it's been happening uh, across the country that, in different that, that, states. Uh, that, you know, that's the, a good sign, anyway. Uh, it, it is. I, it makes me wonder. You know, are we getting? Are we hearing about all the states? Because if we're hearing about all the states that Ron Paul is managing to sweep up the delegates, then we haven't heard about enough states for it to truly matter. There are about these uh, 500, what they're, I, I guess what they're calling superdelegates, but these, you know, uh, the 500 votes that uh, the Republican Party keeps for itself, essentially, till the very end when it decides that it's going to, you know, lay them on whomever they want to lay it on. And with the 1,100 delegates that uh, Romney has at this point, and then those 500, I believe he's over the line. So I don't know whether he'll get first draw or not. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be very important for him to be uh you know voted the delegates to vote for him in the in the first uh you know go round i don't know what's going to happen some there's going to be some ron paul supporters that are supposedly bound to vote for him but now people are saying that apparently 
no bound delegate is bound by the new rules, so nobody's wow. bound. I haven't even tried. I mean, I don't even try to understand these rules because How could you? I, it just sounds like they're they're going to do whatever they want, you know. And uh, Kelvin, I mean, do you feel like you're kind of expending a lot of energy on this that maybe you could be putting into other projects? Um, a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm here in Colorado, so I can't really do much uh, for the. Uh, Free state just, just yet, uh, other than trying to talk a couple buddies into uh, considering it themselves. I hear you. Uh, I, I just feel when I hear people that are against uh, mm-hmm. you know the voting process, worrying about whether people are expending energy on it. Apparently, they're a lot more productive than I am because I spend a lot of time online playing video games and you know watching entertainment on the TV. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're entertained by the political process, be entertained by it. Actually, I've been disgusted with it for my entire life, and this is the first time I've actually felt like, hey, there's, like, the message is at least getting out. How are uh, you going to feel if Ron Paul doesn't win? Yeah. Are you prepared well, for that? Because I think that that's probably, to me, that's the most important question here. Well, I'll, I'll probably be uh, really disappointed, and it'll make me want to come to New Hampshire even more. Well, I'd love to see you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, and I've gone in there and tried to understand these these new rules. Oh, they're not they're bound. They're not bound. And all you get is hearsay back and forth from people that you know claim it's crazy. Oh, they, it's nuts. They don't necessarily. You can't know so, anything about this election and what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, you know, if 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 the past is any evidence, then the people, the power brokers, are probably going to be the ones that make up the the decision. The yeah, I don't think these rules are meant to be understood by us. Kelvin, thanks for the call. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Brett. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. And if uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, this is going to be your final opportunity. You can go to seasteading.freetalklive.com. Register for the convention that the Seasteading Institute is having over in San Francisco. It's uh, May the 31st through June the 2nd. And you can use coupon code FTL to get a discount when you go over there and register. There's also special rates for students and the press. It's seasteading.freetalklive.com. You can meet fellow entrepreneurs, investors, engineers, ocean law experts, maritime professionals, and other forward-thinking individuals and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. 
If you don't know what seasteading is, you can, of course, go to seasteading.freetalklive.com and uh, click around. You'll find out a little bit more. But seasteading is basically the idea of uh, creating free communities out on the open seas. It's seasteading.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Randy calling from St. Cloud. Randy, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi, I was uh, just calling in response to uh, something you had said, and I, I can't quote you exactly. A gentleman had said something about without uh, borders, nation states crumble, and you replied with nation states are an illusion, I think you said. I think you must be listening to an old, uh, like maybe last night's uh, episode of Free Talk Live. You're probably uh, something that Ian said that sounds so much like him. But, but I'll say it right now, possibly, too, if it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I was just I, I uh um, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what you had said. And um, in our in our current uh, state, I guess we're with our technologies the way they are. The modern definition of a nation um, kind of requires borders. Uh, if we if we need if we require our government to protect us and to provide infrastructure, um, we have to have borders to define what that. It, what they're protecting and what they need to make sure that we are they're they're continuing to keep up. Um, okay, so I think in the circumstances you're speaking of, we're not talking about people necessarily lines uh, that are made out of latitudes and longitudes necessarily drawn on maps. You're talking about we were talking about people being able to cross those borders, right? Right. And now okay. I, I totally agree that people should be able to get up and move. That's one of the great things about uh, the United States. If we don't like something in our state, we just get up and move. Uh, so why doesn't that apply to that, people in Mexico then? Uh, because the people, in order to take advantage of the protections and the um, the uh, infrastructures that our government does put in place, I think that we need to have a proper set system in order to keep them accountable um, for the taxes or whatnot that we okay. have. Uh, we re- requested them. So uh, I, well, I, they I don't, you don't request crap, Randy. I mean, b- let's be clear. When we're talking about taxes, there's not it's a single not a request. bit of requesting yeah, going on. It's a demand. Right? Like it's, it means right. you pay or you go to jail. So it's not a request. Right. It's, it's a threat and a thinly veiled one at that. But um, now, okay, so let's put some uh, some it's criteria. It's a contract, though. It's not really a threat if, if we agree to I, be in the country. Okay, so you're going to have to Where's show your signature. You're going to have that. to show me the social contract because people will just trot that baby out to say anything they want. I can say there's a social contract that you have to wear green on Thursdays or I get to punch you in the nose. And, like, what can you say about that? Can you, maybe you could okay. articulate that a little bit better. Like, what is the social oh, con- sure. uh, contract? Because. It's um, like the, I would put that in the same category of mystical thinking as uh, national identity or patriotism or nationalism or anything like that. So what is the social contract? If we're going back to the original pure question of social contract, it's an agreement that the um, citizens or the, the people of a land unit have with a government that they establish. How do they establish it? And for for infrastructure, we established it with Constitution. We, established uh, we worked. I was I wasn't born in there. 1977. I didn't sign it. Forty people signed the Constitution. You didn't sign it. Right. I didn't sign it. We didn't agree and to a bunch it. Of guys did agree. Right. So Randy, men, so unless what you're men. saying here is is that the social contract is you know whatever the government is, and if you don't like it, get out. That's what the social contract no, no, is. No, no, no. Oh no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. Okay. I'm just saying that the idea of an illegal immigrant. Um, I think the discussion you're having was about uh, um, crackdown on on illegal immigrants. Um, The idea of an illegal immigrant being prosecuted, you guys said that that, or you had discussed that that uh, shouldn't be happening. Um, And I just think, I I disagree. I I, I believe in 
the libertarian mindset. Uh, no, you I don't. I'm like, sorry. No, you don't. You've said like um, the five or six things that yeah. are entirely antithetical to anything libertarian. And I really have to like <laughs> to my father and Bill Maher and anybody who likes this word libertarian, please do. Uh, you know, people who are uh, principled in their libertarianism a favor and really understand what it means before you start throwing it around. You, if you I, believe I, in the social, co- these are not libertarian. Is not a political is. movement. It's it's a philosophical idea. There's it's not like that's why I said libertarian mindset. Okay, okay, well, okay. okay so saying, I want you to be free, Randy. Right. That means I, I also have to want Juan to be free. Okay, and I agree with that completely. But so do you Juan want needs to be free. What's that? Or do you do you okay? Do you believe? I I, I guess the libertarian philosophy doesn't say that government shouldn't exist. It's very limited. Very, the the very governments, limited, they correct? would, the libertarian philosophy would say that governments should not initiate force on anyone. And so therefore, if a person is moving from one place to another while treading on, I guess what we would call common land or land that he is allowed upon, that a government telling that person that they can't tread there would then be aggressing. Does that sound right? Okay. I, yeah. Um, but how, how do you work into uh, that, that argument our modern, uh, our our current state as a country, you can't uh, you can't say that we, we with uh, let me like try. air traffic. That, I got that you. kind of stuff is it's important to incorporate modern thinking into the the basic philosophy. Oh, awesome. Let's let's work on it. So um, we we know that. Would you say that it's a good thing for America to have people that want to come here and work hard to build a better life for themselves, their family, and consequently you and me? Absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, would you say it's bad for America for people to want to come here or even to be here and demand from you and I a bunch of free crap that they didn't earn? Uh, <laughs> um, I would say that if I'm paying for it, I should have a say in what what's happening with it. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, then you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's no reason to hand out a bunch of freebies. And if you hand out freebies, you're going to get a bunch of people who want free stuff, and that's Agreed. a bad thing. But I think that people should be able to come here, work hard, and build a better life for themselves. And if you sure. stop giving out the free stuff, you'll stop getting the free loaders. This country right now, currently, the amount of immigrants this country has is lower than it has been in the past. And the first immigration laws in this country, somehow this country had borders prior to the 1880s when they passed the first yellow man laws um, in out west uh, saying that uh, essentially uh, Chinese couldn't own property and all kinds Which of Which was stuff. rooted yeah, yeah, in yeah. protectionism for right. the people who had jobs, yeah. Right. And now we can look back and say that signs that say Irishmen and dogs keep off the grass are a bunch of bigoted stuff. But we, what we can't do, because what we're blinded by is perspective, it, what it's difficult to say well you know a poor farmer in mexico shouldn't be able to cross the border we need to be able to stamp his papers and you know know what his social security number is and all those other things far as i'm concerned if he wants to come here and work let him come here and work if he wants a bunch of free stuff let him come here and starve because we shouldn't got, give out free stuff to him i no i i, I completely agree uh but as far as the reaction to to uh persecuting illegal immigrants with our our current system it, it needs to happen unless unless your your solution to the problem is just to um i i guess i'm not quite sure what your solution well, is well Ra- randy i i need to ask a question is it randy i'm sure. sorry yes randy yep, okay yep. so what what's going on right now do you think that is solving the current quote problem of immigration and by that i mean 
is it keeping people out who want to come here? I mean, are all the checkpoints up to 100 miles in from the U.S. border? Like if you talk to somebody who drives through Arizona, New Mexico, uh, they're going to encounter these checkpoints. And if you talk, if you go up to the border with Mexico, there's going to be walls and, and armed guards. I mean, is that and and that stuff isn't even working. So I want you to think Randy, about that. I want you to hold, hold the line if you yeah. will, please. Yes, I really do want to continue this conversation. He sounds like he's ready to talk about it, and I yes, think it's so many people absolutely. not ready to talk, um, or people that agree with us. It's rare that we get an opportunity to talk to somebody <laughs> who's ready to talk. So, um, and hot one. And doesn't. Hello, my friends. My name is Maka. I'm here to tell you about a wonderful new podcast that I've heard recently. It's called Verbal Surgery, and let me tell you, the verbal surgeon is in that fellow Tim Cummins. He's clever. He can make you laugh sometimes. Sometimes he'll make you want to cry. You'll want to be a better person. This podcast has changed my life. It's a miracle of broadcasting, I'm telling you. You must listen to it. Verbalsurgery.com. That's the one. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've been all across the board tonight from uh, uh, you know, talk radio show hosts talking about gay folks and uh, sounding a little bigoted in the process to immigration and all kinds of different things. 855-450-3733. And let's go. Oh, by the way, it's it's Mark with you and Brett and Stephanie. Let's go to Randy. Back to Randy. Randy, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, which, yes, where were we? We were talking about the um, illegal immigration. Yeah, issue. are the border enforcement and all the checkpoints working? That's oh. what I want to know. Uh, you know what? I live in Minnesota. Uh, I can't give you a firsthand account, uh, but I can tell you that I don't agree with the the, the border. Uh, the I mean, the idea that they have of uh, of stopping people the way that they have it planned with um, just by, you know, typical uh, uh, physical things and, or attributes, um, along with a lot of other things, yes. But I just feel like it's I, – I don't really want to comment it on it because I just – I don't see a purpose. Well, Minnesota, I mean, run. are you within 100 miles of the Canadian border? <laughs> I am. They could, they they could stop. Uh, they could set up a checkpoint. Yeah, they could set up checkpoints and uh, stop you and ask you for your fit citizenship. I thought we were immune from it in New Hampshire, but I've no, no. I've been stuck in immigration it's, checkpoints before, here. and it's scary. I mean, it's like it you is. go. They block off the entire road. Uh, I got caught in one last summer. I think um, I got you know they they block off the whole road. They have a drug dog going around, unrelated to immigration. You notice it's that? important that you could have an, an immigrant in the trunk. I could. So yeah. I guess well, the question I want to ask I you on this, Randy, you don't this. like you don't like the papers, please checkpoints. Do you like the idea of additional paperwork and uh, and and other pieces of work that small business people would have to do to uh, you know to to prove to the federal government that the employees and the people with with, with whom they're contracting are fed, are uh, U.S. citizens? Do you like to add a little more burden I, to? I do not think that the regulation the the. Uh, the bureaucracy is needed in the level that it is. I think that it just needs to be very simplified. I think that uh, to become a citizen of the United States shouldn't be nearly as difficult as it is, seeing as how we are, uh, other than, I guess I don't want to get into the argument of it. But when you start handing out citizenships, 
So uh, when you start handing out citizenship easily, and I can I get where you're coming from. If the if the United States wants paperwork and wants to hand it out to people who come across the border as they come, just to make sure that you know, if you tell immigrants, hey, you can have a work visa as long as you report in, and then you can work here, and then you know whatever whatever it is that goes with this work visa uh, situation, mm-hmm, right? Then they wouldn't have then you wouldn't have the problem of the Republicans saying, oh my God, the Mexicans are going to vote Democrat, um, and then uh, <laughs> right. and you know that's it's part partially about that you should have seen oh, mark's neck when he said that yeah well <laughs> cam.freetalklive.com <laughs> and, and you know that's where it's all wrapped up in the political system being a threat against one's neighbor because yeah it's true if you pump in a bunch of people who might vote democrat it's going to really you know really upset some folks now frankly i think this is where republicans uh you know fail in welcoming new people into their party and if you're not welcoming new people into the party your party's growing old white and dead well, but in some t- in some cases, because of the religious conservatism, they do vote Republican. You know, I, I they, that, they vote true. conservative yeah. in some cases. Uh, the, the what the, what was the proposition in California where the uh, proposition the, eight with the gay marriage thing? The gay marriage. Well, thing. I think yeah. it's deeper than that too. It's just Republicans and Democrats. When society takes a turn for the worse economically, or you know, people are becoming more aware of political corruption. When things go bad historically. Uh, people find a group of defenseless people to blame. And we've seen this in the United States again and again. Um, But that's what's happening now. Like there's no these people have no forum. They have no way to counter any of the attacks against them. They just want to wash some dishes and mow some grass. But so they they become an easy scapegoat for anger that should be directed at the political system. But the political system say, no, no, no. Don't you dare point your anger and aggression at us when you can point it at gay people and Mexican people and Muslims and people who work work on Wall Street and people who uh, occupy Wall Street and tea partiers. That's that kind of stuff. That's not for us. You point that at each other. You stay divided. But don't you think well, that. It, go ahead. It, it's not simply the fact that when something goes wrong, they need to blame it on somebody. I mean, that is part of it. I agree. But I believe that a lot of that mindset that if we're, we're talking about the the uh, Republican mindset. Um, I feel like it's more of an elite thing where they want their ducks in a row and they don't like change and they don't like anything that ruins their order. And uh, I, and I can say that I have voted Republican in the past. Me too. I believe in a lot of conservative ideals. But the idea that the world is not changing uh, is their biggest problem, uh, that they feel as though the world shouldn't change, that we should go back to uh, very strict. The golden age. Uh, some people go back to even the biblical mentality. Yes. Of, <laughs> the time when young you men know, rolled so. up cigarettes in their t- uh, t-shirt sleeves and slicked back their yeah. hair, and girls had poodles on their skirts. And this is, you Ordering have glasses, encaps- yes. you have encapsulated what the conservative mindset is. There is a time in the past that was good, and we have to get and back to that time. conservatism, yep. Yeah, whatever that time was. And But when it comes to the immigration issue, basically where I came down on it, uh, you know, in, in things thinking about it is the government's really bad at this. It's really, really bad at, I mean, 20 million illegal immigrants Despite in this country. Despite throwing so much money at is it. All yes. we're and doing people, is paying for, for a whole bunch of government bureaucrats to, to chase losing, around a bunch of, uh, you know, poor people. Losing a lot of our liberties, too, in the process. What we and could have a lot of it- is cheaper labor, um, you know, people getting better lives for themselves and their families. Uh, we can have Maybe all more kinds of open-mindedness to different cultures and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm just looking for the tacos, man. And there's, <laughs> there's a little bit and of you know, hypocrisy. I, go ahead, Randy. Go ahead. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a 
political science student, and I work in a restaurant. And the fact that half of our kitchen staff uh, comes from Mexico, and all of them have uh, uh, probably fake fake uh, papers and whatnot, and they uh, we they get kicked out all the time. And they are all honest, hardworking people who are trying to support their families. Most of them have two or three jobs that no yep. one else wants to do. Um, and I, I definitely agree with that. But it's just uh, the idea that we are just going to let them slide by. I guess I, I don't know how you knock out the idea of illegal immigrant. You can't just... Here's the, the, here's the way you knock it out. You get rid of the laws that don't let free people <laughs> cross imaginary lines in the sand. And you stop using oh. malphemisms like illegal immigrant for somebody who wants to move somewhere for a better life. Well, if you decide you, you want to leave create... Minnesota and go to Chicago, you're—I mean—you don't get a, a malphemistic label like well, that. Well, I don't know what a mal—I don't know what malphemism means. The opposite I... of a euphemism. Okay. I, I, what? Okay. What? Okay. Um, um, but if you—if you, you got to have <laughs> a word that sounds bad. Okay. okay. It sounds okay. worse than what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but if you use there's other terms, but you know, I mean, some of these terms get loaded or whatever. Illegal immigrant is a term that people understand. Right. I use it for Agreed. that reason. Labels, we, we have to put labels on everything. I agree. Well, well but I think that's part of the problem, though. I mean, to think of another person as illegal really takes out their humanity. You know, but it you does can't... say immigrant. Like it's specific. Uh, it's specific as to what. Well, we're some people just use it as oh, them illegals, sure, right? They they they, they don't even it. say immigrant. There's bigots in uh, every in, in every. Um, but they will they will insist that they're not being bigoted. You know. I think that all of this right. is, for, for me, Randy, and, and honestly, this is one of the most pleasant and productive conversations that I've ever had with somebody that I disagreed with so much, and I'm sorry for jumping on <laughs> you a little sure bit. I'm not sure I disagree with the guy. No, a little bit you at the beginning. with me but, a lot more than you do. <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, to use this kind of language, and really, it seems like all of this is attacking a group of people, from my point of view anyway, to defend an idea that doesn't really exist to defend a thing that doesn't really exist. Like if can you I go back, I, your, go ahead. Can I confirm what your solution is? Uh, your solution was to get rid of borders and get rid of laws no. that create. Okay. The okay. Okay. My, my solution would be, um, and, and you have to have workable solutions. Um, and, and maybe my co-hosts disagree with me. Yeah. I don't know if you do. I would just say like, whatever the solution is, it's not force. Uh, well, right. I, my solution would be to hand out, um, uh, you know, green cards at the border so that, you know, you know who's coming across or whatever. But frankly, if you try to exclude something, if you give the government the opportunity to uh, to, to be involved, they're going to try to exclude people. And when they try to exclude those people, they're going to sneak across the border anyway. So any kind of government uh, control in that area isn't going to work. If the only thing that you want to keep out are convicted murderers and people with drug-resistant to tuberculosis those people that want to come to the united states are just going to sneak across you can double the size of the border patrol and you still won't be able to stop them if they want to come badly enough the only way you can stop illegal immigrants from coming to the country is to turn it into such a poor by poor i mean poverty stricken police state like north korea that they don't ever want to come back and actually, that's sort of, I mean, isn't there a trend of reversing the tide of immigration from California? Well, we've got that. We're getting that. Yeah. The government has created the... They're going back to Mexico. ...the economic downturn that we have, and it's creating a police state. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely doing the one solution that will get rid of the immigrants. And the people that don't like immigrants are happy about it. Randy, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate yes, thank you. Thanks, thank Randy. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live.
Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Sacral toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Somebody was blocking my little piece of paper. You'd think I'd know it. I mean, I've said that number so many times. It's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. It's a live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. And you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let me tell you real quick about the website, because I haven't done much of that this evening. Um, You can go to Free Talk Live and download archives going back for more than five years for free. I don't think there are very few radio programs that are providing you with uh, that opportunity. And And Free Talk Live's website has all kinds of cool things, but I think that's like the crowning crowning glory, I would say. (laughs) Archives.freetalklive.com. Go get all the content that you want to get at archives.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Mike in Mexico. Mike, you're on Free Talk He's Live. He's calling from Mexico. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. I'm not currently in Mexico. Okay. Uh, i in an undisclosed location at the moment, but I do live in uh, Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. Okay. Uh, oh. And... Um, <sighs> Yeah, I've been listen- I was listening to your previous caller there about the I- immigration, um, and we can place labels on a lot of different things. But ultimately, what we're trying to break down, and 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 with the libertarian mindset, it's it's trying to break down is something that's very deep seated, and that's uh, tribalism and yes, nationalism, nation state. Yeah, we call it nationalism, but it's really just tribalism. I agree. We've, yeah, we've I decided agree that we've decided that that we're a part of this tribe. Now, I, you know, I, like my grandfather before me, I married outside of my tribe, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so I have a, 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 a knowledge of what's going on at the borderland. Obviously, yeah, it sounds like um, you do. <laughs> and. and you know, well, I'll be quite honest with you. I just crossed the border Saturday. Um, a nice, long, involved process of, uh, you know, do you have the correct papers to are get you, back into the Are you the a country? United States citizen? Yes, I'm a United States citizen. Right. And, you know, this whole process, let, let, let's not, for, you know, let's forget for a second what it's intended to do, but just the process of what it's like for citizens to cross the border. Oh, yeah. And it is in, it is in-depth and very difficult. It can, it can be in-depth and very difficult and, uh, you know, frustrating. And why should it be? I mean, these people are supposed to be our servants. Uh, well, yes. I mean, now, now Saturday wasn't too bad of an issue. Uh, and, you know, just a uh, driver's license, birth certificate, why were you in Mexico, how many times have you crossed? That, well, when did you start crossing into Mexico? Wait a minute. You a, have to have your birth certificate with you? Yes. That's news to me. I mean, I didn't I didn't know that people were... I wouldn't carry a document like that on No, me. neither would I. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, if you don't have your birth certificate, then you get to go over in the secondary and the questions get more difficult and the searches get more thorough, let's say. Wow. Um, so uh, could you have a passport <laughs> instead of your birth certificate? Yeah, I could have a passport. Well, currently, if the the law that I heard that was supposedly passed in the Senate, I don't know if the House took care of it or not, I will not be able to have a passport because, well, I'm behind in my taxes. I see. <laughs> Prior prior to that, I was behind in my child support, but I got that caught up. Now they're trying to keep me from. Well, they can't keep me from leaving the country. They just can't keep. They they can keep me out. They, well, they're just uh, making a pain for you. In. They just make it a pain for you to get back in. <laughs> right, because the Mexican authorities. Um, I'll be quite honest with you. Entering into Mexico, uh, you pull up to a light, and then it says it's a red light or green light. If it's red light, they search your car. If it's green light. They don't. They just wave at you and let you go. Why do they choose it, to search cars difficult. generally? Uh, it's from from the people that I have talked to. It's actually more or less a random thing. Uh, they have a system over there. Just at random, every so often, they'll just give a red light. Just yeah, I, I hear it's like people on your toes. The last time I was at an airport in Mexico, it, it was saying it was one out of twenty, and it's completely because they don't even see you. Apparently, it's just like. You press a button. If it comes up red, you get searched. If not, you just go through. Huh. You know, um, yeah. since since 9-11, and this is what, you know, where, where it all really started. It was uh, the, the crackdown was coming along, uh, but 9-11 is where it really, really started. And since 9-11, I've heard the numbers of 30 percent is, uh, you know, international travel into the United States is, is down 30 percent. Yes. And that means that businesses that relied on people, tourists coming in and look, think about Disney for a second, Disney World for a second. Uh, have you know taken this kind of hit and ask a business what it's like to take a hit of thirty percent? That means they close the doors. Now, obviously, most businesses don't rely on uh, just immigrants coming in, but some did. Uh, you know, travel agencies are are pretty much gone. I don't know that that uh, has anything to do with nine eleven. Probably more to do well, with the internet. Think but- about even like the border towns, like not just around the southern border, but Canadian border. Yeah. I mean, a lot of different places, people would just zip over from Canada to sure. get some stuff. There's and- that one uh, Derby Line, Vermont, which mm-hmm. is actually the town is split down the middle. Yeah. If you can imagine what it's like <laughs> having your relatives on one side or the other and, you know, having to deal with the shakedown every time. The library is on the international border. So Yes, I... I, I saw a, a PBS special on that. Actually, it was quite interesting. There, <laughs> there are Indian tribes up. down on the southern border that are split too. Wow. Uh, yes, they are. However, they are allowed to cross the border at will. So why don't people sneak into they, their um, into their reservation and cross there? Maybe they do. Uh, they do. Okay. <laughs> but then the U.S. Border Patrol sets up just outside of the Indian reservation. I see. That's what they do. Um, and they have the every major highway and most of the backwoods highways has a border checkpoint. Uh, I know y'all have them random up north. Uh, we don't have them random down south. They're manned twenty four seven, three sixty five. Oh yeah, they're they're far more scared of what's going on on the southern border than than they are with what might come across the northern border. Somebody who drinks too much right. beer and says a boot, you know, they're they're not scared of that. Yeah, no, they're not scared of that at all. Uh, you know, I just want to relay one little thing that happened to me back in November. Um, I had a, uh, on the international bridge there, uh, I had an agent actually jump in front of my car and then accuse me of trying to hit him. 
so really? that they could then put mm-hmm. me into yeah, so they could then put me into secondary. Uh, at which point in time they make you face away from your vehicle, so you can't watch them search your car. Which I have been searched in Mexico entering in, and they do let you watch. You know, you got to get out. I can't believe that you can't look while they're searching your vehicle. What are you kidding me? Yeah, like you're going to use your telepathic no. powers to stop them from finding whatever I mean, you're trying to, to hide. <laughs> I need to know what my public yeah. servants are doing. It's not like government bureaucrats don't steal people's stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I've got some money, no, maybe yeah. that's the reason you have to turn away. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. Yeah, Only that's... a thief would say that. And remember yeah, well, too I that mean, the more. They these people are able to get away with any of this stuff, whether we're talking about Border Patrol or the TSA, when the message goes out that they can get away with these abusive practices, well, who does that attract to that profession, especially the TSA, right? right? Which basically, uh, now I would think uh, people who have, uh, you know, who want to touch children or want to fondle women would be, that would be their first job choice. Uh, well, yeah, if I was into something along those lines, I would definitely be looking into getting a job at the TSA. You could do it with immunity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with immunity, you can you know, do whatever. But the interesting thing is, is the, the agent in charge, they had six of them surrounding me, um, and I'm a handicapped 40-year-old truck driver, but I don't think I'm any physical threat to them. Uh, <laughs> you know, one with the taser drawn and aimed at me. What? Uh yeah. Oh, yeah. They this is a normal shakedown? <laughs> that, that normal for when you get into secondary, yes. Uh, and well, that's you why said secondary, that's secondary if you don't carry your you birth certificate, right? This is, secondary is what would happen if you didn't have a passport or a birth certificate on you? Yes, or if you arouse their suspicion uh, at all. I mean, it doesn't matter what you said, what you did. If they think for one moment... Right. you have something I got, illegal with you, they're going to check you out. Yep, thanks for the call. Uh, I actually had, uh, yeah. I, was, I went to secondary growing across the border mm-hmm. in at some point in the past. It's been more than a decade. But, you know, they just, it was just, you know, they didn't like the answers to my questions. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Do you Today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at CDBaby.com. Free 
Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Many companies, as they grow, lose their passion and their mandate. It's not so with O'Neill Coffee. The third-generation, family-owned business still roasts each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. They have more than 40 varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees. My favorite happens to be the French Roast Decaf. It's uh, bold but doesn't have that burnt flavor that some companies have. To show the Free Talk Live audience their commitment to freedom and making great coffee, they're offering a free mug and free shipping on orders of $75 or more. You can support great coffee craftsmanship, support Free Talk Live by uh, supporting an advertiser here on our our show. Get your coffee at coffee.freetalklive.com. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. You'll be happy. This is great coffee. All right, let's go to Joshua uh, calling from Baltimore. Joshua, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Actually, this is the first time listening to your show. So far, I like what I hear. Well, you've got to be stunned. Um, Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, I want to get into uh, kind of the corporate takeover of uh, America. I mean, um, I'm kind of a student of history, and what I notice is past presidents going back to even our founding fathers have been warning us for years about this. Like, I want to read one quote in particular by Abraham Lincoln. Quote, I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for the safety of my country. As a result of war, corporations have been enthroned in an era of corruption and high places will follow, and the money power will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudice of the people until all wealth is aggregated in the hands of a few and the republic is destroyed. Well, you know, Joshua, that sounds like something somebody would say to gin up fear and get people to think that the government needs to regulate these corporations. And uh, I I think it's important to remember that everything that corporation, even even just the idea of a corporation, the idea that uh, a company is is a person in legal land, you know, is is a construct of the government. Right. And and also they the government grants a lot of privileges to corporations. Uh, that, that it's interesting the 14th that the 14th Amendment was never intended to actually grant, how should I say, grant suffrage to corporations. Uh, well, I, 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 I would say, I think that what we're trying to say here is it's funny to hear the government warn about, um, people in the government warn about corporations when it's people in the government that are giving powers to corporations. Mm-hmm. I, and there's there's oh, a, exactly a, certainly a very... Is. Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, go on. Well, there's certainly a very long list of things that... Uh, uh, ostensibly the government or something was set up and not intended to do something else, but then it did or didn't do that thing. I mean, the government is uh, a weapon that corporations can use to, uh, it's basically the yeah. middleman and a lot of corporations lobby for um, regulations and limitations to be placed on, oh, yeah. on oh, yeah. the, the competitors. So I think that uh, the idea that, I understand that all these things weren't supposed to happen, but when you have a system that is it's considered to be justified in its use of force against people, well, the greediest and most predatory people are always going to gravitate to that system and hide behind its legitimacy so they can use it for their own ends. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, if you notice, if you go back to uh, 
the days of slavery, what they did to, to keep their slaves in line was they pit them against each other, the house Negro against the field Negro, the woman against the man. Yeah. That seems in the 20th and 21st century, that's expanded to all Americans, mm. pit the poor against the middle class, Republican against conservative, I mean, excuse me, conservative against the liberal. I mean, it's why you get, it's why you get poor, it's why you get the poor, whites and blacks, consistently voting against their own interests. Sure. Well, um, I guess, you know, if you think that the uh, that, uh, the corporations are a big problem, and, you know, I... I think that the I think the government giving uh, you know some kind of veil to people um, behind which they can hide in order to uh, you know not be responsible for their actions uh, is a bad thing. But I, well, I think the, what's I think the solution? Corporations, in essence, they basically run the government because I mean they basically fund, how should I say this? They fund their campaigns. I mean, they're funding their campaigns for a reason because they want something. Sure, I think that they're kind of a binary star uh, situation. I mean, they they both have these powerful effects on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's difficult to say that one is the other and that kind of thing because you know, power and money. Yeah, that's what this is, and power and money have never been split. From what I know. So the idea that in some way or another we can stop the government from, you know, being controlled by the corporation doesn't make any sense to me. What makes sense to me is that we can tell the government to uh, take a long walk off a short bridge in most areas of our lives um, and, you know, people be able to to have, uh, frankly, choice around, uh, you know, governance for themselves and people and people in government being responsible for their actions because currently they're not. And if they were responsible, then they'd but much less likely to get involved in our business. Okay. Well, I have uh, actually one question for you guys. Um, what do you think about the Citizens United bill? And what do you think about the amount of uh, money that goes into our elections? Well, can you tell us a little bit more about Citizens United, just for people who might be unfamiliar with that? Okay. Um, pretty much Citizens United is a Supreme Court decision that pretty much overturned overturned a limit on how much one person or a, a corporation or a single person can donate to someone's election, to someone's campaign. So it just but makes it, it limitless? It pretty much allows them to donate an unlimited amount of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, to some and, extent grants personhood to corporations, as I understand it. That's that's at least one of the talking points. And I thought that that yeah, was something yeah. that had happened in the 1880s, that, that a corporation, so maybe they're enhancing it a little bit. I, I would call it an enhancement. Sure, it, sure. It pretty, it Pretty much, it, yeah, it does. It pretty much enhances, yeah, the Fourteenth Amendment granting. You're right, as you said, well, granting uh, corporations the right as of people. To me, it sounds like uh, governments doing historically what they are, what they function to do, which is to uh, redistribute wealth from productive people to people who want to attach themselves to the government and use the force of the government to get what they want. I, I, I see. I think what's implied in these conversations about if we get the money out of uh, politics, like the government could be something else. Like yeah, it would, like it's suddenly not going to be corrupt after that, but we all know the truth like about it's, that. Like if you remove corporations, it turns into the United Way. Uh, there's always <laughs> going to be these money interests, and they're always going to be attracted to power. So as long as this coercive power exists, this problem will exist. There's no way. I totally agree with uh, Mark's analogy of the binary star. You cannot pull the two apart. You have to, uh, people over time have to stop accepting 
the idea that what should be at the center of our society is this authority. I think right, it's completely right. mystical thinking, and, and all of these problems will exist until people address that. Joshua, I appreciate the call, and please keep on listening, um, and you'll find out um, you know more of our relatively consistent philosophy. We're on seven nights a week. Yep, thanks oh, a lot. Definitely will. Thank thanks, you. Joshua. Uh, 7 p to 10 p Eastern Time, Monday, seven days a week, 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Eight fifty-five, four fifty-three. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Mark and Brett and Stephanie. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about here. Like I said, the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Let me tell you real quick about bitcoins. They're the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to go abiding by. You don't have to click on anything to uh, you know, say, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. Give them a firstborn or whatever. You can download the free bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. You can send and receive money anywhere in the world. No fees. You don't need permission from any bank to do it or government entity or corporation or whatever. Um, and learn how. Go to weusecoins.org. It's a, a two-minute long video. And... Bitcoins are changing the world, so you probably should watch it. We use coins.org. Now, thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. It's bitinstant.com. All right, let's go to Creighton and Louisville. Creighton, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? How's it going, guys? All's well. Um, I wanted to call in the other night, but I didn't get the opportunity. I wanted to revisit the topic because encountered late a couple days ago. Okay. About the ownership of children. All right. Uh, do you recall this? Is that on the Friday night show? We have it on a regular basis. I mean, I, you know, please don't expect it to remember something lot, that yeah. happened 48 hours ago. It's 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 beyond unreasonable. <laughs> So, well, it seemed to be get pretty deep where you guys were, t- were discussing whether or you not, know, you know, children are are possessions of their parents. And uh, I wanted to call in and weigh in on that on that co- comment. Okay, give me your thought. Like you guys were at an impasse. That's one of those deep theological questions. No, no a, it's not a theological uh, question. Oh, you I can't say, say theological philo- Stephanie around. Well, philosophical. No, it's, sure. an, it's inaccurate. I mean, it's not about religion. It's about... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are your thoughts okay you can you can believe that it's not about religion that's fine okay um i, I teach a, a a praxeology course for homeschoolers oh. um and this is one of the topics that that we have to hit is who owns you and that it's it's really difficult because um mo- most people confuse ownership with possession and there are different things. Okay. That, and that, that, that was never addressed the other night, and that is what made me want to call in. All right. Um, uh, you guys debated whether or not you know, children 
own themselves or who is responsible for them. If you're not, if they don't own themselves, then how is the parent responsible for them if they walked away from an infant who could not defend themselves? <clears throat> right. And it's a philosophical question, I guess you could say. Right. So the, um, the, the situation is, is if, if I own myself, I'm responsible for my actions and what goes on with me in the world. And if a child owns itself, it is therefore responsible for its own actions, and it can't be responsible for its own actions. So can it own itself? Well, I does it control its own actions? I mean... It does. I mean, it poops when it wishes i suppose um it uh you know it makes noise when and it, does and is someone else responsible for it i mean does someone else control its actions or are responsible for it i think that uh, parents are responsible for the care of their children well but what about the children's own actions because i mean i would i would probably come down on the side of all human beings are sovereign individuals and they own themselves i'm, I'm with you but mm-hmm. uh, a baby can't take care of itself so if right I but leave... it still decides i mean it still makes a choice about when to cry and when to do whatever i mean it's acting out of instinct a lot at that point when if it's i don't really have respon- if i don't you know i mean so i have responsibility for this thing mm-hmm. uh this child but i don't you know have control or ownership of it I guess right, this is the sure. question. I agree with that. And so, well, but why I, I'm do you, not saying that. So why do you think... That, that was exactly why I called in. Okay. Because the, the words you're looking for is possession. You have possession of the child. Okay. In the sense that if I was to go rent a car, I possess the car under the terms of the rental agreement. Right. You're renting a child. I own it. <laughs> from itself. It, it, you're renting a child. Of- you don't own that child. You're renting it from the child. The child owns themselves, but you well, are now, responsible. Do we have to, I didn't make any positive did, claims in this conversation. I was asking questions to Allie because I think people really need to, to consider this situation. I feel the parent-child relationship is a unique one, so I choose to use a unique word that I only use for the parent-child relationship, and that is ward, in that uh, you know the child is my ward. And to me, what that means is is that I start out with a greater uh, sex you know set of responsibilities and privileges and then those pr- responsibilities and privileges uh you know diminish over time and the child makes those decisions for themselves through their own actions that's what i choose okay, to find okay i agree with that statement but then the question comes up is who are you responsible to and that that's where the philosophical question gets really deep really fast mm-hmm. what if you're you're responsible for the infant in every sense of the word, but you don't own the infant, even if it's your own child. Uh, you're responsible for the teenager in what they decide to do to society. At what, and, and, and historically, when they turn 18, you're no longer responsible for them, even though we, we, we all realize that that's mostly not true. Uh, the things that they do as adults, we, uh, parents do have to deal with some of the fallout of our errant adult children. It, it never love them. quite fades away. And childhood, and childhood, and the lack of responsibility that's often associated with childhood has been extended uh, considerably, you know, in the last few generations, or certainly in the yeah the last few generations. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder. I want to ask Crichton a question. I mean, the word possession. When I hear that word in reference to children, the feelings that come up for me, or the, the thoughts that come up for me, are more like, okay, well, possession sort of has this connotation of property. Like, are people ever possessions? You know what I mean? A possession seems like a thing. Yeah, I gotta say, my are. son Jack now, is a slave. You example. You're, you're caught up with the, the is a slave, the, Mark? The, the confusion between the word of possession and ownership, and that's a common misconception. The two are related, but not the same. I possess my wife. I do not own her. I possess her in the sense that in our marriage agreement, 
I have given up, I have committed to a contract, an agreement between us. And that's a reciprocal relationship. I no longer yeah. have the right to go sleep around. Wow. So it's I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be referred to as being possessed by anybody. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, even I, in a romantic relationship, I, I don't I, possess my partner. I mean, that's just a contract. And you can, I don't think that the, I don't think it, it fits uh, with a marriage agreement. Um, I mean, you can choose to use that terminology if you wish to describe your marriage. But the fact is, if you felt like you wanted to go sleep with somebody else, you could do that tonight. And the, whatever the agreements are yes, in the marriage, I would be violating the terms of the contract. Right, and then and then the exit clause comes, kicks right in, and then you know whatever happens. Right. So you've got a, a, that, an agreement. Whereas an a child to, doesn't to sign an agreement. Is exactly the same way. If I go rent a car, I still don't own it, but I do possess it, and I'm capable of using it within those the con- the confines. But of, you're not capable of, of using a wife inside context. the context uh, context of any um, uh, the marriage agreement. Well, I mean, the state. I mean, in some states, it's impossible to rape a spouse. You is know? that so? Yeah, you, you can't s- be charged with it. Can't you know? imagine that goes on too much. Creighton, I appreciate you. Bringing it does. It, up. it I, actually does. I well. Okay. In in Morocco, there's a law that says it's if not a state. if well, okay, yes, that's absolutely true. But there, the country Morocco has a law that's that I read an article about recently that says if you rape someone and then you marry them, you cannot be charged with rape. Egypt's letting you uh, have sex with your wife one last time before you send them off now too. That, that when they die. But I'd like to talk to you about the ownership of children. Um, you know, or the you know, my son Jack, four years old, being a slave. Okay. My, my son Jack cannot go where he wants to go. He can certainly control a great deal of his actions, and frankly, he runs the whole house. I mean, you know, that's the reality of a single child in a uh, a, a home with uh, two older parents that spend most of the day at home. I mean, what he wants largely controls everything, but if he wants to go outside and play in his pajamas, he's not allowed to go. If he wants to, say, put on a diaper and go poop um, in his room rather than sitting on the potty and going poop in the bathroom, he's not allowed to do that. Like, there's all kinds of restrictions. Okay, but do you think, options? using the word slave or possession, I think that that has the potential to turn some people off. Yeah, you're not subjugating him for your benefit. Yes, I am. I don't want to clean up his poop. But (laughs) but that's not the the whole relationship. It's it's a big part of it. Eight five five. Now we know where Mark really stands. Three seven three. Where am I at? Three seven three three. Eight five five four five zero three. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-453. Sacral toll-free call in line. I'm going to give that time, that one time because you might be able to scoot in here. 855-450-3733. Final segment of the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark. And Brett. And Stephanie. Brett, I want to say thank you for coming in and visiting with us. And I have, you know, I know you do the School Sucks podcast. I do. So tell us a little bit about that. Give here's here's your one minute commercial for sitting in. Thank you so much. Uh, yep, schoolsucksproject.com is our website, and School Sucks Podcast is uh, our attempt to take that word education back from 
the state and back from institutions that want to use uh, it to indoctrinate young people. And that's, you know, all the way from first grade to a master's program or beyond in psychology or economics. And uh, education is really this uh, self-directed process. It's lifelong. It's not something that somebody gives to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're trying to bring that message to more people, obviously through the podcast, which I've done for a couple of years. We moved on to YouTube. This Thursday night, we are going to debut a live uh, show and LRN at 10 Sweet. p.m. after Free Talk Live. That's Thursday night. And we're also going to, uh, in addition to being on LRN audio, we're going to be streaming video. Um, you can go to schoolsucksproject.com and then just click live stream and you can watch us. You can uh, chat with us. And you can call in. Awesome, and it's been great having you on. Uh, you're welcome to uh, you know visit the studio any Sunday night from seven to ten. Thank uh, you. Yep, sure. Um, let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Did Stephanie? Did I give a chance to? Did I say it's Mark? Uh yes, we did. Okay, yeah. think, okay I just want to make sure we introduced ourselves. That's right. Ed in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, after forty minutes, bone hold here, and all the, the topics. Sorry. Drinking beer. I don't know what it's <laughs> Hey, uh, corporations have no soul to condemn, no body to hang. I think it came, a quote, about 1700. I, I really I, like I, it. I, yeah. Now, hold on. Uh, before you go on, uh, as, as I understand it, corporations, well, when in the beer, the building of the, the time of the building of the Erie Canal, and frankly, I don't know when that was, but I'm going to guess it was the 19th century, that corporations were only granted to uh, people that were, you know, to people that were doing the public good, essentially, mostly on a temporary basis. Okay, and or some so kind of project. The corporations, as we understand them today, are pretty much a, a mid twentieth century construction. Is that about right? Uh, no, I, I think in their current firm, firm form, excuse me, this goes back to the end of the nineteenth century. Okay, but. Um, yeah, it is. It's kind of like uh, this this horror movie where you have this giant monster called the government that goes around spawning these smaller monsters, <laughs> and then they grow. And uh, you know, I think that's the state corporate relationship in a nutshell. I do love the quote, though, Ed. Okay, and also for Brett, uh, and I mean not towards you, but you can use this. Don't let your schooling get in the way of your education. Oh yeah, Mark yeah. Yep. I've got flyers. Actually, that was one of the first quotes that we ever put on a flyer to hand out to okay. people. Hey, so uh, I want to run on the immigration if I can. You you, you can. It's a talk okay. show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the El Paso miracle. This and this for all these Tea Party nuts, all these uh, bigots against Mexicans, Guatemalans, South Americans, whatever. A border. Fan. Are you kidding me? In the land of the free. Anyway, border cities are the safest in the nation, but deadly for immigrants. Look, San Diego, Phoenix, El Paso, Austin, the largest cities. The safest of all cities in the United States. For whom? Uh, lowest crime rate. Who are they safest for? Crime. For people who live there, but for immigrants, not. Okay, I'm trying right, to. Right, for so, immigrants, no. So I, you know, I'm trying to understand the how they they break up these numbers. Did they just basically take a U.S. citizen uh, crimes against U.S. citizens number and then? Was, uh, hey, I can cite the source. If you okay. want to look it up? Okay. Uh, Reason magazine. All right, and that's called the, the El Paso Reason. Miracle. Hey, just go to punch in the El Paso Miracle. I have done but that. Anyway, here we go. Violent crimes, all border states lower than ever. Uh, look, uh, more according to the FBI, border agents face le less danger than street cops in most U.S. cities. Yeah, I imagine. All right, if you want to find a safe city, 
first determined the size of the immigrant population, says Jack Levin, criminologist, Northeastern University. Look, San Diego, Laredo, El Paso, three of the safest large cities. Take note, 18 murders in El Paso of a population of 730,000. Baltimore, Maryland. 630,000. Right. 234 murders. Now, Baltimore's. Where the, would you want to be? Right. Baltimore's one of the most uh, dangerous cities in, in America. That's, right. And we know why, and I, we've been in that over to over and over. Yep. Men's Health Magazine says El Paso, second happiest city, second happiest city in the U.S. Huh. I what think a, Honolulu, Hawaii, so. always rated first, second, and third. Yeah. Always. It'd be hard not but to be happy in Honolulu. More facts if y'all well, want what's, the, what's the year. connection? What's the connection that that we're missing here as far as uh, immigration? Not you. Y'all are not really because I mean you're for open borders and stuff like me, right? Yes. Okay, we're all in agreement. I'm just giving you a little facts and anybody listening that all this fear mongering hey, stephanie we talked about on your show a couple times mm-hmm. conspiracy theory oh hey the most important <laughs> thing you should be worried about is your heart it's the number one cause of death yeah. and your relationship the stuff you put yeah. in your mouth um is uh, <laughs> is also, what you need hey, to really concern you yourself numbers, with Mark. Now, hey, i, I want to tell you uh, one real quick if i could ed um right. it is the from the american conservative magazine they did a study of uh Immigrants, and then they extrapolated them, extrapolated them out by age. And immigrants, and the Mexican population, and the white population, uh, these numbers are are virtually the same as far as crime goes. So the idea that immigrants are coming across here and committing crimes, other than the crime, the sort of the imaginary crime of crossing uh, the border, this imaginary line in the sand, Which, that's a misdemeanor, isn't it? I, I've heard across it called a misdemeanor. I couldn't I couldn't say whether it's a I misdemeanor. Think it is. I don't. I don't know what it is, um, but I've heard it called a misdemeanor. But yeah, I mean, hey, as, as y'all know, I know we're in agreement. If you're for freedom, why are you objecting to anybody coming into our country? They come and go. They make money. They get out of here. They send money back. Some, Some of them stay. So what? Right. As far as I'm <laughs> concerned, if they're if they're here to work and they're going to work, and they're doing that, then I'm fine with it. Um, well, Mark, you know. I take it further than that. I don't care what they want to do. If they want to come over here and they want to work, fine with me. I, they I, come over here and want to hang around, fine with me. There you go. I'm kind of with you. It, you know, when, when they use the government programs, I can see why people get upset about that. Um, I don't. I, I but that's, don't. that's, I a, red, that's hey, a red Mark, herring, though. We all yeah. are in agreement with. I they tend... complain about some brown-skinned people crossing our imaginary border, but here we are going to Middle Eastern countries, dropping bombs, destroying them, and we're going to complain about some people want to come over here for a better life, as you pointed out. Yeah, that's, a, that's a really good point, too, because it's a, the exact same people demonizing one are glamorizing the other, and... Oh, the hypocrisy! It, it tends to be that way. Yeah, but yeah. It, you know, when when you when you look at the situation, and I understand. You know, usually when you know immigrants, the the amount of uh, social services they use versus the taxes they pay, because oftentimes they'll come up with a fake social security card, they'll work for a company, they'll pay. Hey, I don't social... believe it. I don't believe that, Mark. I What's think that? it's myth. I've never looked it up, but 
Well, the, I don't you, believe it. You don't think they and have fake social security? I don't care if some of them do. So what? Well, when you have freedom, let me finish, you let me finish have... what I well, let me finish what okay, I was saying okay, just to make sorry. sure that we're we're clear. So they pay taxes. They have to pay taxes. Everybody pays right. withholding taxes. Especially they don't know how to fill out one of these W whatever forms that uh, they probably fill out. They probably pay in all kinds of extra taxes that they don't then ask for because they can't file a return and get a return. They. Just pay taxes in, and you know there's plenty of them doing that. But Some Mark, of them work under ta- under the table. But Mark, they're, they're paying the ultimate tax. Their liberty's taken away, as you know. Yeah. The private prison corporations are going out after illegal immigrants, and and our juveniles in the United States, our our citizens, our juvenile kids, under attack from private prison corporations. They want the immigrants and the juveniles. Why do they they want already them? got the males. Because they get paid. <laughs> and they want them because they're groups that can't defend themselves. Yeah. So right. they, they have no, they really have no recourse. Like, obviously, there's been a war on juveniles for a long, long time. Because they they're an no easy group voice, to attack. Brett. They're an easy group Brett, to blame no voice, for things. They? They, they, and they have no voice. And the politicians they certainly no don't lobbyists. care. They have no lobbyists. Yeah, Who's exactly. Who's going to speak exactly. up if it isn't me and you, Mark, Stephanie? Hey, our kids get brutalized. You ought to look it up. What goes on in these so-called? They don't call them reform schools anymore. I would oh, love to yeah, run I'm a familiar. School, well, yeah, they, I'm, they I, break their fingers, their wrists, their ankles, suffocate them to death. They'll sit on a 16-year-old, five 200-pound men. Yeah. You know, if I was there, that wouldn't. I mean, they'd have to kill me because I would not let that go on. And like thanks I for the call. Before, Appreciate there's a it. lot of things I'll die for. There's nothing I'll kill for. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for the call, Ed. 855-Well, I wouldn't give the number for freetalklive.com. <laughs> you can, uh, you know, in the meantime, check out freetalklive.com. We'll be back in 21 hours uh, live. Uh, I won't, but uh, Ian will. It's been Mark with you. And Brett. And Stephanie. Thanks a lot. freetalklive.com.